Welcome aboard Costume Station Zero. I'm Bob Mitch, and this is the second half of my chat with Lynn Adams talking Doctor Who and cosplay goodness. Also next week, we're going to have Scott Sebring and Valerie Anderson talking William Hartnell, the first Doctor cosplay. This is all part of the countdown to Gallifrey One, so hey, I hope you'll stick around. And here we go. I would say Gallifrey is a close second being Doctor Who-centric. It's really fun to see Doctor Who... Especially the obscure Doctor Who stuff. I love seeing it there. Yeah. Yeah, but, it's, um, it's great that the way it's really exploded um, in the last five years. I know that there, there's been some great Doctor Who cosplay in years past, but definitely it was in a lull in the mid-O's. And once you start seeing more and more people doing it, it's been great the last two, three years to see so many um, uh, un- underappreciated and uh, classic characters represented there. Well, I think with the show getting more popular and also the DVDs becoming more accessible. Yes. So you anywhere, now you can find the DVDs you know, being sold at Walmart even sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, you know, people are getting into the classic stuff of me, me and my husband John because he keeps replacing his old DVDs with special editions or VHSs with actual DVDs. Yes. He's been giving them to friends. Like, here you go. Here you go. Well, you need a little hurt now. Here you go. Here's some charm. There you go. And... They're all getting exposed for classics, so now they get into the classics, they want to do classic stuff as well. Mm-hmm. That's where these more obscure things kind of pop up. Yep, yep, yep you're right. You're totally right. The, the DVDs help a lot. They're lovingly restored, which helps us with uh, screen grabs and the all-important reference mm-hmm. material. Yeah, I mean, uh, what we wouldn't have given for screen grab uh, software, you know, <laughs> 10 <laughs> or 15 years ago when it just, you know, was uh, not as common and... Uh, uh, you're you're forced to you know get uh, what reference material you had in magazines or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I know actually uh, what you were saying with the obscure cosplay at Comic Con. There's uh, there's always the like uh, what was it the knights from Monty Python and the Holy Grail or yeah. a pair who did uh, the aliens from They Live, which just flipped me right out because <laughs> I love that movie and you never expect to see it, but when you do, you're just like you know you're ten years old again. Mm-hmm. Um. So, uh, so I, it sounds like Dragon Con to you is much like Comic Con to me, and I, I know I definitely have to make it out there for Dragon Con one of these years. Um, yeah, it's. Um, I mean, I've never done comics, so I don't know the difference. All I can say is Dragon Con is a four day party, like even five o'clock, five in the morning. I came downstairs to check something about the room, and there were people still partying. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, it's all night, and I would say based on talking to my friends who have done both. They say Dragon Con is more focused on costuming and more about hanging out and just kind of chilling. Mm-hmm. 
and not it's not really about panels because the thing about the panels is you can just sit in your hotel room and watch the panels on your TV. Oh, they have that's a brilliant! TV. That's yeah, one the, brilliant. One of the best things they do. They also repeat stuff. So if you miss it while it's being live, they'll repeat it later on. Comic Con so needs this. Comic Con well, needs this. Well, one of the best things we do at Dragon Con for naughty, uh, the masquerade. We'll sit in the rooms with a whole lot of booze and watch it and start throwing things at the TV. Of course. You know, you're seeing stuff you don't want to see. But, um, yeah, I know they have a closed-circuit TV to all the major hotels that are connected to Dragon Con, where you can watch major, only major panels. So it's, it's a slow-level panel, you're not getting it. Mm-hmm. But anything major, you're going to see it there. You'll see all costume contests, even the parade, because they have an outdoor parade on Saturday morning. Right, yeah, I knew about They'll that. actually have that videotaped, and that will be airing in the room, so you don't have to actually go outside if you don't want to. Wow, that's that's so much better put together than Comic Con, where people wait in those crazy lines or the big mm-hmm. panels, even small panels. You're waiting an hour or two in advance, and yeah, yeah. Oh, you'll you'll wait. I mean, if you want to go to the panel, yes, you will have to wait in line. Oh yeah, I, uh, realistically. But I mean, I watched uh, many a panels while sitting on my butt in the hotel room, you know, relaxing, after, you know, my feet hurt or something, and. I'm like, oh, look, it's the Firefly panel. Nice. Oh, look, it's the Supernatural panel. Nice. Oh, I didn't have to wait for it. Cool. That, to me, that yes, that's that's something Comic-Con <laughs> greatly needs. Granted, I've learned a long time ago that when you cosplay, uh, yeah, getting to a panel is next to impossible. I mean, you make time for one or two really important ones, but let's face it, when you're on the floor getting pictures snapped of you, you can't get anywhere quickly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you pretty much just commit that this is what I'm doing today. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be in costume. <laughs> um, but uh, out of the Doctor Who characters, which, which one of those would you say is your favorite? Well, okay, uh, not, the, not counting the Doctors themselves? Well, uh, if, if I mean, you want to subdivide, we can subdivide. I'm not going right, to... Well, I already said Pertwee's my favorite Doctor. So Pertwee, like the, not the Femme Pertwee, but a regular Pertwee would be your favorite? Oh. Oh, we're talking about costumes? Yes, costumes, sorry. Oh, costumes. Oh, jeez. All right, costume. Yes. What costume do I think is the coolest costume in all Doctor Who? Omega from Three Doctors. I love that outfit. I don't know why. It is a great outfit. It's just big head, flowy robes. I don't know why. I love it. (laughs) I saw it. I was like, it's like Darth Vader, but blinged out, man. (laughs) But yeah, I'd say that was pretty much my favorite costume. Now, counting this thing, like, that's just my top of the line. I love his outfit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would make it except for the fact that transport would be a nightmare, and that's actually one of my major factors in anything yeah. transporting stuff. Yeah, that, that helmet would be a, uh, a bit of a Yeah, it's that helmet. Hurdle. The rest of that could probably fold up, but not that helmet. There's a guy. Um, um, there's a, a guy I know who actually just made a version of that helmet. I'll have to send you some photos of it. It looks pretty nice. <laughs> Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, doctors wise, uh, actually, yeah, I'll go with Pertwee just because it's the velvet, that coat, the cloak, and I wish he kept that hat because the hat looks slick. I mean, I love his outfit. Well, but oh. I, I know you're saying in general you like his look, but do you have a, a particular favorite of the outfits he's worn? I, the first one is my favorite. This... When he had the cloak with the red lining, the mm-hmm. black, and just when he put that hat on. Spearhead. I love mm-hmm. it. I mean, I kind of think of like a little bit of a shadow type thing going on. Mm-hmm. But uh, Dudley got rid of the hat, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> um, females, like down the road. Because oh. the thing with the females is in the later series, I hate to say it, but they get boring. They're just dull. I mean, 
Yeah, it's like, oh, look, mini skirt, jacket. Oh, look, tight pants, jacket. Oh, look, flowy outfit. No, I don't know. They're just they're not really that in- in- interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, females of, of a classic that I... I always was amused and loved Joe's... <laughs> oh, oh, um, Joe's outfit from the 30 Doctors, that big fluffy blue jacket she wore with a sweater dress. Oh, yeah. I love that thing. I, I tried to make it for the longest time, but I couldn't actually find that kind of fabric within a reasonable budget because mm-hmm. it was like 30 to $50 a yard. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, oh, okay, budget. <laughs> Not happening right now. Yeah, yeah. I love, I love that. And I actually like a lot of Romana One's outfits. I really... She wore them well. <laughs> well, I mean, they're weird, but she is an alien, so let her slide with that. But I, I, I kind of like, because they were odd, you know, alien, but they weren't over the... I don't know, they were over the top, but not too over the top for me. I mean, I think the Android, the Taro one was probably the pushing in my limit a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, the rest were kind of... I don't know, for some reason, I always like Ramon One's outfits. I would never wear them myself, because they would not be flattering on me. Mm. I mean, I'm I'm very much of that. I will wear what looks good on me. I'm not going to break that rule. I understand that. No, you absolutely be aware of what you can pull off. Absolutely. What now of the ones you have done? What's your mm-hmm. favorite? Oh, my Doctor Who or just all? Doctor Who. I, I think I think you answered of all. Yeah, um, Doctor Who. Um, well, I didn't make it, but I will say my favorite costume I wore of Doctor Who has to be the Pridonian robes that Miriam Harden made. Mm-hmm. Those were gorgeous. They, and, they were. I mean, they were so beautiful. I felt like a queen in them. And I loved just the under part. I mean, the whole thing was gorgeous. And I didn't I didn't have anything to repeating any of it. The most I did is I stitched on the patch on the back. That's all I got to do. Mm-hmm. But they were so beautiful. And I could only wish I had that kind of skill. But she's a master of things that I can't. She's beyond my comprehension. But, um... That was the most beautiful costume I've ever worn from Doctor Who. Uh, now, of ones that I've actually had a hand in making, it's sad, but I really loved my Astrid costume. Oh, from Voyage? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Because that actually was the first fully fitted dress I've ever made. It was mm-hmm. fully lined. I custom drafted all the patterns to the shoulders because I had the multi-layer pieces. And it took me so long to, because making a very properly fit dress it doesn't bunch up or anything. It's so hard. Mm-hmm. Plus, it had all the multi-panels of the skirt. And I love that dress so much. I was so proud of myself. And sadly, that was one of my least well-received costumes I've ever worn. <laughs> I'm like, wow, that sucked. Are you, are you saying this because there wasn't a lot of love for Astrid? I don't know. Like, literally, I got people looking at me like, whatever. Or one person actually comes and goes, Oh, that's who you are. Wow. And this is at Gallifrey. No, this was at Gallifrey, but this was with the Doctor Who people at Dragon Con. Oh, They're okay. all dressed like doctors, by the way. Oh, okay. And looked at me like, oh, that's who you are? I was like, Here. what the heck? Huh. Thank you. All right. I understand from non-fans getting that kind of reaction. But boy, that's strange. Well, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and I had almost, yeah, that didn't. That's one of those, you know, you're proud of something, and then you, know, you better have some friend take pictures and stuff because, oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. And actually, the worst thing is I sold the costume. I'm not going to I sold it for a tenth of what I paid for the fabric. Mm. And someone, ended, the person who bought it, ended up 
making because I didn't sell it with the uh, apron. I just sold the dress itself. Mm-hmm. I ended up because the internet is a small place. Found out from another friend that they had made uh, they made an apron to go with it, and didn't tell anyone that they purchased the dress. So everyone assumed that they made it, and they were taking credit for what I had made. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, well, it's not so much the internet's a small place, it's uh, the cosplay circles are uh, much smaller than one thinks, yeah. Well, so. yeah, true, I would say, yeah, the, the cosplay circle, especially with Doctor Who, man, if somebody knows, they're going to know. Yeah, that that's a shame. I, You know, and, and you, you bring up actually a, a good point that in this uh, hobby, um, I guess those who can, you know, straight up do the work on commission uh, can make good money, but... Um, if you're trying to resell a costume, I found that unlike reselling, say, a toy or a prop uh, or replica prop, uh, the market on that you almost always are going to take it at a loss, unless it's an ID brand name item that's highly sought after uh-huh. because you know it's oh, yeah. almost like owning the original. But unlike uh, unlike those, yeah, anything else expect to make maybe half or a quarter of what you spent to make it. I have very rarely ever made any kind of profit or cut all of broke even. Broke even. Mm-hmm. On a custom-made piece. Yeah. Uh, however, I have made insane profit on old screen-accurate items. Not even screen-accurate, by the way. Mm-hmm. Some are just loose. That are I purchased four years ago and then, you know, due to life, had to make some serious decisions and had to sell stuff, and it went for a lot more than I was willing to ever pay for it. And I'm great for me. You know, I had to pay bills and, you know, pass, you know, life became a little easier. But it is, you know, hurtful when... You know, it's like, hello, y'all, Doctor Who fans, and this is something you can't buy online. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't get this at Cosplay Sky. You can't get this on Cosplay.com or wherever. You can only get it here, and, oh, you're only willing to pay five bucks? You know, really? Yeah, um... But- yeah, no, it's not. Not everyone seems to understand uh, the the money that goes into very special custom made items, but they'll gladly, yeah, pay for the proven stuff that that's been ID'd. Uh, part of it too, though, let's face it, is popularity of character. Oh yeah. And also, um, the the other thing we forget too is, yeah, maybe there is someone out there that would have paid good money for it, but they're two sizes larger than you, and they can't wear it. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's that size is a fun thing to play with, especially because. The reason I sold that was one, I wasn't really getting any enjoyment wearing it. And if you're not enjoying it, don't. Yes, very much so. And two, I had lost so much weight, it didn't fit properly anymore. Mm -hmm. So, because I had made that back in 2009, Mm -hmm. and I've lost about 15 pounds since then. Mm -hmm. So it's like, yes, it's not going to fit very well. And it kind of hung baggy a little bit on the waist, and it's just not flattering anymore. Mm -hmm. I I didn't even expect to make anything. I was a little surprised by the lack, but eh. It is what it is. But, I mean, that is another thing, though. If you're not having fun, don't do it. And I, at one point, you say, I don't, I want to retire this or something. If you say that even once, do it. Because mm-hmm. you can always bring it back in the future. Mm-hmm. It's a problem. But if you're not enjoying it or you're having any negative moments with associated with said whatever, just give it a break. Give it a break. It doesn't hurt anybody. Mm-hmm. It won't hurt anything. You know, it doesn't mean you have to sell it. Just put it aside, let it sit and simmer, give it a year, two years, and see how it is in the future. If not, then you can sell it and whatever. Right, right. Uh, or upgrade it. <laughs> if you want to upgrade, if that's an option or whatever. 
depends on what it is. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Sorry, I I feel like I'm forever upgrading certain things. Not not all my costumes, but I've got certain costumes, like the doctors that some of which I put together in 2007 on a limited budget, and some of them uh, have always been in some perpetual state of upgrading. Even the ones I kind of consider, oh yeah, that's done. I go, oh no, wait, but if I ever find a better sweater, if I ever find you know a better mm-hmm. whatever, you know. <laughs> well, I always agree with upgrading. It's something you love, and you like um. I've been in chronic upgrade for uh, my Catwoman costume. Mm-hmm. Catwoman is my lady. I love her, and I've always wanted to dress as her. In 2009, I did it for the first time, and it was, I look back just groaning, like, oh, my God, it looks horrible. What was mm-hmm. I thinking? So since then, I've been slowly trying to upgrade variations, and I won't wear it until I feel that it's okay enough to wear, but I'll still willingly upgrade in the future. Mm-hmm. Yep. So um, I finally got a decent cowl, so it's like, okay, now we can get, I got a, combat belt so I can actually hold things. Yes. Which is another thing people should remember. Being where are you going to put your cell phone? Yeah. Where are you going to put this? Where are you going to put your con badge? Yeah. Money. <laughs> and not everybody has a doctor with them to put everything in their coat. Yeah, Doctor Who cosplay, although it's layered and it can be very hot, um, mm-hmm. it's great for pockets. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Unless you're a woman, then it gets a little tricky at times. Right. Fair point, but the women should still find some places to put some pockets, and it's allowed because you're a doctor. So, Have you ever had a strange misidentification uh, for a costume you've done? Many, many years ago, uh, it was during a revolution where everybody was into Japanese rock music. It's mm-hmm. called Visual K. It was kind of like goth rock. People were cosplaying the singers from it because they had very elaborate outfits, and it was very costumey. Well, at the time, I was also into a manga called Angel Sanctuary, which had a lot of gothic-looking costumes, PVC, you know, big hair, whatever. Mm-hmm. There became, for the for three or four years, where if you were wearing anything from the, J, uh, the J-Rock visual case stuff, you were automatically asked, were you from Angel Sanctuary? And if I ever wore Angel Sanctuary, I was asked, are you a visual K J-Rocker? This happened, like, whether I was wearing one or the other. I ended up being the other person. Mm-hmm. So for about three years, I was either... I was the other thing. Like, if I was one of them, I was the other one. Oh, of course. And if I was that one, I was the other one. Mm-hmm. And that happened so much. Um, it became a joke, an ongoing joke. Or, yes, I am from Angel Sanctuary. <laughs> and from that third page of the second volume, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, I'm not. I'm not even from that show. Come on. <laughs> but uh, we, we were kind of just playing it off at that point. Nice. That's probably the only time I was really badly misidentified <laughs> to the point where it was like, seriously? Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I've been pretty identifiable in what I am, for the most part. Um, not really. It's like when you're Catwoman, you're kind of Catwoman. Mm-hmm. True. You're, you're kind of cursed. You know, I mean, even Doctor Who uh, never had any issues with. No, uh, well, actually, no. This is a cute one. This is a cute misidentification. When I was Grace for the first time in the blue ball gown, I had my mm-hmm. hair tied up, like she did, and this little girl came up to me at Gallifrey and asked me if I was Cinderella. Oh. I was like, okay, well, that's kind of cute. Yeah. Like, All right, I could think. And I actually got called Cinderella last year. I was sitting in the auction room. <laughs> They're like, hey, Cinderella, bid on something. And I'm like, funny. Nice. But that, I know that's not really a misidentification, more of a joke, or a little child's not going to know who Grace is. So. You, but, uh, you've spoken about uh, a lot of use of uh, wigs and makeup. Now, uh, how much experience um, have you had doing that over the years, and how important do you find it is to an overall costume? 
I've only actually recently gotten into makeup, like actually knowing what I'm doing. Okay. Uh, I highly recommend always putting on makeup because if someone's going to flash that camera in your face, mm-hmm. you want your eye bags to be as minimal as possible. Yeah, yeah. We all are going to have them. It's a convention. Yeah. And also, it's nice to have your face kind of an even color, not bright red. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, certain characters are notorious for crazy eye makeup or, or whatnot. You know, look at pictures, try to get an idea of what they're doing. Uh, even if it's a character who should technically not wear makeup, because they're, like, from a jungle planet or something, it's like, yeah, it's a little on, just in case. Uh, with um, hair and makeup or wigs and such, I've been doing crazy stuff with wigs for, like, ten years. And, I mean, I've used, you know, hairspray glue, custom-dyed wigs, all kinds of stuff. I've become kind of a very lucky, just kind of an ability where I just tend to find the right wig that I need. And if I don't find the perfect one, I'll find a layer, but I'll find a good substitute in the meantime. Do you prefer to find a wig in person or order it online and then make it work? I take whatever I can get. Mm-hmm. If I find the right wig online, I'll buy it online. I'd like to find them physically just because then you can actually see it. Sure, yeah. But, uh, you know, you're only limited to what you can. And also a lot of wig stores local, it depends on who they are, my ask for an astronomical amount True. for a wig, and you're like, because I saw one wig that was probably the best Rose Tyler wig I'd ever seen for first season, had even, it was lace front with all the built-in uh, roots all the way through, mm. perfect color, I mean, it was like they skinned Billy Piper and just, you know, scalped her and just put it right there. <laughs> Billy Piper's scalped, go, nice. Yeah, I'm like, it's in the store, I swear. And I, someone's like, how much is it? They're like, oh, it's $450. I'm like, yeah, and I'm walking away right now. I'm like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's more than my costume. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can understand wigs that can be reused, but I'm like, I don't not like that character enough. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, if it were a character I could totally use a hundred times over, I could justify it. But I do have a limit for how much I can spend on a wig, preferably under three figures. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. I understand it totally. <laughs> Unless it's an unusual situation, but even then, uh, but most most of the time I'll go online. Um, I often like to find people who are a big thing now is lace front wigs. I've yeah. noticed, mm-hmm. uh, which I, I think is fantastic. They're gorgeous. They look beautiful, and I found a lot of people are actually trying to unload them recently at reasonable prices. Mm-hmm. And when I say reasonable, I mean about thirty to fifty dollars instead of the standard. 80 to 100, mm-hmm. which is really great for the costuming community. You can just scoop them all up and, you know, take your pick. And uh, I've kind of been converted with I don't want any kind of wig except lace front now, which is really killing me. But I, No, I, I, I know that is the drawback to it. But uh, when, when you say this, are these, like, friends of yours or are these, like, certain online outlets that you see yeah, people online. Things? Online stores, online uh Sometimes you'll find people who, uh, they'll buy a wig and they'll say, I just tried it on, it's the wrong color for my face, I'm selling it for half off. And, and are you talking like a forum or eBay or what? eBay, Etsy, sometimes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just luck of the draw, really, on that. Um, and they'll even, when you get it, they'll even, you know, you can see, oh, the tag's still attached. Because I've purchased wigs where I literally put it on going, oh, God, this is horrible, and i got to get rid of this, so I'll resell it. I mean, I'll... Not expecting to make mine just get it out of my face, but you know I've seen that happening a lot. But a lot of retail is actually selling lace front at a very reasonable price. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the things going on, but uh, I do recommend them for natural looking wigs. Uh, also, a lot of uh, unusual colored wigs like 
bright purples and pinks and stuff are also coming out in lace front format. Mm-hmm. And there's tons of companies now that are really good selling unique colored wigs, you know, all the weird variations and styles and all of them are even, a lot of them now are a fiber that can actually be heat heated up. You could actually curl them. You can do all kinds of stuff, which back in the day, you try to do that and melt the wig. Yeah. Yeah, completely. So, I mean, there's so many options now. It's practically, you can get something pre-styled now. So much easier than back in the day. Yeah, true. Or I always recommend to people, if it's uh, it's not right, take it to a wig stylist. Yeah. Or if anything, I mean, I, I've i never taken one to a wig stylist, so I don't know about anyone locally. I have a friend who actually is a wig stylist. I probably would, or she's a hairstylist, but she plays with wigs as well. So she's done both. But, I mean, if you can do that, that's an option. But I always recommend, uh, I mean, Grant, with Doctor Who, most people tend to have normal hair. Usually, it depends, again, on the character. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's more you also have to take into account your own face. Yeah. Because, okay, uh, you know, that hair looks great on said person, but what happens when it's on your complexion? Yeah. You know, are you a person who can wear anything, or are you a person who it looks terrible on your complexion? You might have to... Pick a, it might not be accurate, but pick another shade darker just so it looks better. True, very true. And uh, certain characters just, I, I always say certain characters demand a wig for the, the look of the character if you don't want to grow it out or shave it or mm-hmm. um, color it. Oh, I agree. Mm-hmm. So I warn uh, trying to go wigs with really short hair is a very dangerous thing if your hair is long. Yeah. It's, it's just getting it under that cap is so hard and it's going to look like something's weird about your scalp because it's going to look like an inch above your head yeah I, I having done it once yes i know unfortunately <laughs> it's kind of your only option if you don't want to shave your head oh yeah i agree mm-hmm. if you're committed <laughs> well i've done it once so. <laughs> <laughs> right after a costume or anything it was really just more fun. a joking like i did shave my head once and everyone's like okay do all bold characters now mm-hmm you have two weeks before it comes back. <laughs> <laughs> this this is the window of time I can do yeah, this character. pretty much. Yeah. Oh, boy. Well, actually, uh, I uh, cut my hair off the last scalp because I wore um, my friend's Schalke doctor costume. Yeah, that's an awesome and costume. And Schalke doctor is notorious for his weird, weird hair. Mm-hmm. I actually had my hair cut right beforehand in a format that would allow me to get to do that jetted out stabbing person type Aeon Flux thing going mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. And it worked out. I was very happy. <laughs> like, I, I have to cut my hair to do this. It won't work otherwise. <laughs> you know, speaking of alternate doctors, how did you approach the uh, that, that uh, colorful vest for the Joanna Lumley um, Fatal Death Doctor? A thrift store? <laughs> I walked into the thrift store. I looked at the vest. I saw that one. I went, okay. <laughs> Well, then, lucky find. I, I, I always look at stuff like that going, gosh, where are you going to find that fabric? And Well, all right. Well, it's, it's not accurate. I mean, theirs was like multi-stripes mm-hmm. and strips, and it was very weird. And I just was like, oh, let me look in the thrift store and see if there's some ugly vest that has kind of that aspect, or maybe I can butcher up a couple and put it together. Sure, sure. And I saw that one, I'm like, oh, that's ugly. That's going. <laughs> so I had to take it in, I think it was an extra large, and I had to take it in like three inches on each side. Nice. But, 
Nice, nice. Yep. Well, uh, I, you know, I realize that I often have you on um, either the Cosplay 101 or the, the Crossplay panel, uh, and I didn't even know that you had kind of accidentally put that Femme Pertwee together. Uh, I guess let me know if you don't want to be doing the latter anymore, because... Uh, I was never on a Crossplay panel. I'm sorry? You said a Crossplay. I've been on the Cosplay 101, 201. You put me on the Doctor panel, which was really funny. Um <laughs> Well, actually, yeah, you're right. It's because of, and it was because of that because I wanted to kind of cover the gamut. So, no, no, you know what? You're right. I've never put you specifically on the crossplay panel. You're right. No, because I don't crossplay uh, Doctor Who, and I don't, I don't. Anything I would say, I think, could be covered by other people just a, a bit better. Mm-hmm. The only time I ever, I did actually do a crossplay panel once, and we did a weird format of it because my friends were helping me with it. Mm-hmm. We took a costume. We had a costume laid out. For a man and a woman, mm-hmm. and we took two people from the audience, a man and a woman, and we're like, okay, sir, you're now going to be the woman, and ma'am, you're going to be the man. And we made them up with makeup and wigs and the costumes to show how a man can dress like a woman, how a woman can be a man. That's really good, actually. That's very hands-on. Um, you know, it's funny... Uh I've been talking to some of the other uh, folks, and we've been talking about doing more hands-on kind of panels, like kind of almost uh, demonstrative or workshop kind of things, because we're going to be given um, a whole room this year to kind of expand the programming track. Not that I want to go crazy, but we mm-hmm. we have space to move around. So, yeah, if you've got any um, you know ideas um, or suggestions, please let me know. Okay, no problem. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you've been to a lot of conventions, far, far more, it sounds, than, than I have, and you've, you've definitely been more, more hands-on in some than others. Uh, how, would you, how would you describe, um, and I realize this is quite a broad question, so interpret mm-hmm. as you like, but how would you describe the culture of cosplay or, or how permissive it is at certain conventions versus others? Is it pretty much the same across the board nowadays, or um, is it kind of more you know, uh, tightly controlled in some and open in others? Uh, no, it's definitely not even across the boards. It's completely different. It depends on what the theming of the con is, because uh, like Gallifrey, it's a, a niche, niche con. It's about Doctor Who. Right. So everyone is Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. And it also balances out onto the age of the people attending. Mm-hmm. You get the younger people, you're going to get some craziness. You're mm-hmm. going to get people being goofy, silly, and all of us older people are going to just look at them going, get off our lawn. But um, <laughs> uh, with the other conventions, I mean, you're going to see more seriousness, but yet more creativity. Um, the only thing I've noticed as a trend nowadays, is, and this is a personal opinion, I haven't really discussed it too much with others, I have noticed a kind of a bending of co- cosplay. This is primarily for women, by the way. I don't really know if it's true for men. That uh, it's being very, very focused on, for adults only, is if you don't look really awesome, like awesome as in you're a model, you're kind of like, there, it's kind of become that problem because it really, after um, Comic-Con has been an issue of, I guess, fake geeks, like women who are in sexy, nerdy costumes, mm-hmm. not being considered a real geek because they don't really know it, they're just doing it for attention. Mm-hmm. But the problem is is that the geeks who are, you know, me and the normal geeks that we are, we're kind of being shuffled out because people are paying more attention to... Not necessarily I'm saying these girls don't know what they're talking about. I'm pretty sure they do, actually. Mm-hmm. But there's a big focus of sex appeal to cosplay. Mm-hmm. And I think it's not a good thing. I think it's actually kind of negative because it's pushing the attention of the people who I think also deserve it. You know, 
great costumes, great personalities, good people and they're getting it kind of pushed away. Uh, it's not really common in anime cons and such. This is the younger generation. It's not really what they're focused on. So mm-hmm. it's a completely different. There, there's this free for all, you know, gladiatorial combat. They just kill each other and whatever. <laughs> I've watched what they do. But with like, I don't, I, I'm not saying Gallifrey's like, I don't think Gallifrey's like that, but. No, I, no, I would pay attention not. to them. But a lot of the comic book conventions I've been to, it has turned into that. Maybe because comics are more popular nowadays due to Avengers, Dark Knight, Spider-Man, and all those. The movies, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. The movies are really kind of pumping it up. And I just, in the internet, with photography being more popular, mm-hmm. I'm just seeing that on my side as a woman. Uh, I also do some modeling on the side, normal non-costume modeling. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in that world, you do expect that. It's a pretty standard issue. You're like, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I'm seeing the same thing now in costume. So, just to clarify, you're you're seeing a dismissiveness to people who don't meet a certain beauty standard because that's that's expected, or you're seeing yeah. a dismissiveness that's to the people that I'm, I'm sorry, I'll just finish the thought that um, uh, oh, you're some girl who's sexed up and pretty in a costume. You're not a real fan, so they both both, both practically because I see so, and I see an animosity towards attractive women who are dressed up. But then also a double standard of, yeah, but that's what's beautiful. You know, it's kind of like they're bunting heads almost. It's weird. I see. So it's like they don't respect you as a fan, but they'll still love to mob you and take your photo, whereas the girl who's, you know, more average looking or less attractive, they won't get mobbed and almost dismissed, but no one's ever going to question their fan girl status. Yeah. They're like, well, we know you're a geek, but we don't want to take a picture of you. Mm. We don't think you're a geek. You're being too sexy. Here's a picture. Uh I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. Now, would you say most of this is coming from, from, uh, you know, geek guys or from other geek girls as well? I think the geek girls are having the animosity. I think they're the ones primarily shooting the animosity at the attractive women. Mm -hmm. Um, I myself just am sitting there going, I don't have a problem with you. You know, she's a pretty girl. Take a picture of me and go for it. (laughs) <laughs> but I don't think it should be, that's what is only worthy of photos. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of great work by people. They're pretty and attractive women, too. I'm, uh, in men, I mean, I don't know if this is a men's problem either, so I really can't say that. But who are, I swear, I never see pictures of them ever because they're not wearing something sexy, because they're not wearing really dealing costumes. And, and I know they're geek. I know they know they're what they're talking about. I don't know if this girl in this other picture in the... You know, the bikini with the Thor hammer and the Thor helmet is a geek. Maybe she is. Mm-hmm. And she just, you know, maybe she's new to costuming, doesn't have the ability to make a costume. Mm-hmm. Whatever, I don't care. But I think it's that double standard of not only are we having some animosity from the fans criticizing these people, but they're also, because you're public, you know, you're pushing for them that that's what's, that's the attractive nature. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's probably my biggest weirdness about the whole community lately is it's very much focused on looks. Sure. Like, to the point where it's not even about costume anymore, which is sad. But then yet there's a question of credibility as well. Like, there's really credibility requirements in cosplay. Ooh, uh, describe what you mean by credibility. Like, do you really know what you're wearing? <laughs> like, you know, a girl dresses as Amy Pond. Let's say she just wears Amy Pond. She's never seen a single episode of Doctor Who. She just saw that picture and is like, oh, well, that looks like uh, I could wear that. So you know? you're, you're describing fan uh, credibility. 
I think, yeah, geek, well, I mean, geek credibility, fan credibility of whatever it is they're wearing. Mm-hmm. That's been a quote-unquote issue lately. I don't care, I don't care personally. Like, you're wearing a costume. Well, this definitely stems from the the older days of conventions where it mostly was a boys' club and there were hardly any girls. And what girls there were usually didn't dress up. I mean, not to say there weren't exceptions. There always were. I'm, I don't want to say it was never, but it definitely was far less. And... Uh, I think there's a bit of that mentality that's lingered. Plus, if you um, saw it, say, Comic-Con, I know 10 years ago most of the, the really stunning-looking women in a costume usually were hired by a booth, they, you know, the booth babe. And so that's another thing that's helped influence that mentality, which I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying that's where it comes from. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Mm. It's kind of blossomed as of late. Yes. But um, I don't... I mean, I see that more in the comic convention scene mostly, or yeah. the multi-genre scenes. Sure. Not so much the uh, the niche cons or the AMA ones, which I've seen. Um, the AMA ones are pretty much just a bunch of kids, parents dropping them off there, and they'll mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah, I could see that. Do you? Uh, <laughs> on a side note, do you ever do any Star Trek conventions? Uh, no, I I like Star Trek. Um, I, I watched a. Uh, you know, next gen with my dad every Saturday mm-hmm. seven, or Sunday at seven. Sorry, my dad. And um, I did watch the classic series, watched the movies, and did not like Deep Space Nine or Voyager. But um, <laughs> which is fine. <laughs> yeah, but um, no, I never went to Star Trek conventions because I'm not passionate enough. I feel mm-hmm. old. like I'd go and be like, I love school, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, same with Star Wars. Star Celebrations sure. was two weeks ago. I didn't go. I hear you. I mean, I, you're right. I, I like I like those as well. I, I I enjoy a good Star Trek con when I'm in the mood for it. We went to the Vegas one last year, but this year we, for financial reasons, we had to skip it. And uh, I I do kind of regret it because there aren't as many. If there was a local Star Trek con, I'd get my fix then. But there really isn't anymore, and um, that's kind of a shame. And don't get me wrong. Sometimes I get my fill of Star Trek too. But I know that my Star Wars love is even lower than that. It's almost like if you were to step that up, it'd be Star Wars, Star Trek, Doctor Who, right? So. Um, for Star Wars, yeah, same thing. I enjoy the films. I don't see myself ever dressing up as a Star Wars character or attending a Star Wars uh, themed convention, which is strange. <laughs> well, not <laughs> really. I mean, it's just. You know, I mean, I I would say mine would be Doctor Who, Star Wars, Star Trek, mm-hmm. because Star Star Wars was a big part of my childhood. Mm-hmm. Then even when I was considering going, I'm like, I don't want to wear a costume. I mean, I don't want to see a bunch of slave layers that should not be wearing that outfit. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just, I'm like, I go there and be like, oh, look, Stormtroopers. Mm-hmm. Oh, look, Darth Vader. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's like I've seen it, and I don't, there's no fire or passion to go see it. Mm-hmm. You know? it I admire the the work that goes into those costumes, absolutely. Oh, oh yeah, I totally do. Mm-hmm. But, and uh, even Star Trek, I I have seen the detail work is on the, the women's outfits, and yeah. my, it just my brain, I got to wear one, and my brain exploded. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, my God. This is the craziest costume, and it looks so simple, and it's so complicated. <laughs> <laughs> you and Vicky should have a powwow about that, since you made a bunch of them. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Gosh, she's crazy. <laughs> yeah. No, but hey, we, we like doing it. The classic stuff, I'm all for. Well, I think uh, they're cute. Mm-hmm. I will definitely give credit. The outfits are cute. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it's just... If there were one that my friends were going, I'd probably be like, yeah, sure, why not? But it's also a friends thing. Like, if my friends are going, I might go with them, but mm-hmm. and it's not something that will drive me to go on my own. I, I, I 
yeah, as I said, it, it's it's one of those things where it's it's a level of fandom, level of passion. You you gotta like the character, and much as I like Star Trek, it's also yeah, it gets back to casting. What can I pull off? And it's better if you're in a group, and you know what hasn't been done to death, and that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. um, and uh, I, yeah, I, I I remember watching a lot of my next gen, and even kind of getting into Enterprise and stuff. And I'm like, that's nice. I don't think I'd costume that. Yeah, it would all go back to Kirk, the Kirk era, because that was that was my Star Trek. So. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Um, so uh, I like to usually ask, uh, what's your number one piece of advice for beginners? Um, which you're welcome to answer, but I think more specifically for you, I would like to also say, since you do so much hands-on you know, uh, sewing, uh, what would be your advice for anyone who wants to jump in and, and start sewing? Like, What's your best advice to guide them into that world in terms of you know, skill and patterning and such? I would say the first thing to do is either A, go to a local fabric store and take a class, a basic class, or find if you have a granny or a mom or an aunt who sews, ask them to show you the basics, just the basics of how to make a skirt or how to make a basic shirt, because all forms of sewing are based on the the primary aspect of this is the shoulder seam, this is the sleeve, you know, and so forth. Once you can understand the basics, you can build off that and continue onward. Mm-hmm. And where uh, where would you say are the best places to uh, say um, you know find materials and, and patterns and such? Beyond, I imagine most people have a Joanne near them or something like a Joanne. But um, I always like to try to point people to the not so obvious places as well. Well, I, I am a big fan of the small businesses. So if you have like a small fabric store or textile store, you know. I know out in um, some areas they'll have, like, fashion districts and whatnot. Well, they'll have just tons of stores of just crazy fabric. Mm-hmm. I, if you have an aspect or you know somebody who goes to these places, ask them. There are some places online you can purchase. They can sometimes send you samples of the fabric, like a little square, so you can kind of get an idea of, oh, is this good for what I need or whatnot. Um, but I primarily focus, I, I have a local place I go to by my work that's ran by these little old ladies and it's crazy fabrics but that's the place I'll tend to go to because not only do I like to support small businesses but they have the unusual stuff that Joanne's might not have. Mm -hmm. True. And almost all fabric places tend to have patterns usually. Mm -hmm. Uh, If not, you can go online. You can look up pattern sales. They sell them all over online. Sometimes on eBay you can find the vintage ones, like uncut 1950s Vogue, you know, and stuff like that, mm-hmm. which is really fun to figure out the sizings of those. Yeah, because sizing's changed over the years, as I've discovered. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes vintage shopping loads of fun. Try it on, folks. I have to say it again. Make sure you try it on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or have a very good idea of what you wear in vintage sizes when you buy online anyway. Or at least know every measurement of your body so you can find out what the measurements might actually fit. That too, that too. Yeah, if, if they don't... Sometimes you're right, they don't list it by size. They simply list the raw measurements, which in some cases is better because then as long as you know you or can do a quick measurement, then you'll know for sure if it'll fit. I ran into that with my vintage suit for John Steed and they listed it as a 40, which I normally don't wear, but the measurements I knew would still fit me because it would fit me like a 30s suit would have fit me, which is just very nice and trim and snug, but it would fit, and I was right. So, mm, yes, little tricks, little tricks of the trade. Um, well, I, you know, I think this kind of wraps it up for the most part. I was going to ask, uh, where can people uh, find you on the web? 
I have a website which connects to my tum it's my Tumblr which connects to my Facebook, my Twitter, my Flickr and all those other crazy internet things. It's fall uh F A L L Y N Mm-hmm. Angel.com. Awesome. Um, I will be sure to post some of those links as well, and uh, you'll have to <laughs> help me uh, with some of the non-Doctor Who photos as well when I do this post, um, because all these costumes are, are really awesome, and I feel bad in a way that this podcast is audio only, and we can't be like flashing photos while we're talking about these. <laughs> oh, no, I got plenty of those photos up online, and all the non-Doctor Who, and all the... I usually post up on my Tumblr, like, random days of either my modeling or my photos and all the crazy, weird things I like to do randomly. <laughs> awesome. Um, uh, do you have any other big costume projects lined up coming up? Uh, I have two that I'm... One I'm teeter-tottering on. I only found out I had all the fabrics, so I'm like, hey, I can make it for free. And that's um, Cherry Darling from Grindhouse Planet Terror. Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah, I have... I mean, no, I'm not going to cut my leg off, but... Uh, <laughs> I'd like to do a photo shoot where someone could posit the gun onto my leg. Uh-huh. But I, I can make the skirt. And I just, it's fun. You know, it's Halloween time. Mm-hmm. And my other is my Gallifrey costume, which is a classic companion who I've been studying her outfits. And, yeah, that's going to be fun. Animals died to make my costume, I'm just saying. All right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, me so too. please don't throw red paint on me because I will kill you. If <laughs> 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 you do that to my costume, I, will, I swear I will. <laughs> It's going to be a lot of work. <laughs> I see, I see. Uh, now John's choice of doctor and specific costume make far more sense. Ah, I see what you two are doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. now you figured it out. This is probably going to be our last Gallifrey for a while. You mentioned that. That's sad. Sorry to hear it. Yeah, it's, it's just, it's finance. It's expensive to get out there now, and we got other things we have to do, so. I hear you. I'm glad you're coming out for this, you know, 50th, you know, big one. That's the reason, pretty much. It's, well, you better go make it last. You better be the good one. Mm-hmm. So, and that's why I'm going hardcore with my most uh, intense costume. So. Nice, nice. Because I have to also lose another 10 pounds to fit in. <laughs> <laughs> so not only is that, I'm gonna, well, I have actually a half marathon I have to run the next weekend. So. Oh, there you go. That'll help, yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to be like, barely alive but i'll be like i'm here <laughs> i'm almost thinking i need to borrow uh, the the morbius back from paul paul basically stores it because he's got the space for it and uh mm-hmm. just just walk around in that just do appearances in that because that i swear to god just wearing that for an hour makes me lose 10 pounds yeah do that all like the day beforehand just to just walk in circles <laughs> morbius and be like yeah all right come on diet done <laughs> come on, diet done <laughs> wearing a monster suit for an hour woohoo <laughs> Sweat out, sweat all out. You'll be really dehydrated, but hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Uh, that'll have to be just part of it. That is, yeah. Don't go totally <laughs> crazy on that. Um, awesome. Uh, well, uh, any other final thoughts? Uh, no, just you know, have fun, enjoy yourself, and get the pictures. Bring your camera. <laughs> pictures are important. Yes, the uh, <laughs> the way the costume lives on. Yes. Well, Lynn, uh, thank you so much for being on. It's been a pleasure. Yes, no problem. Awesome. And uh, we'll be back with more Costume Shop Talk next week here on Costume Station Zero. 